0: This is Kimberly Jones, the host of Living on Purpose Radio. I want to welcome you to today's podcast as we talk about the topic of double-mindedness and how your inability to make a decision and stick with it will cause you to self-destruct and sabotage your destiny. Now sit back, listen, and take real good notes. This will change your life and ignite your purpose because living without purpose is not living at all. Good morning, hey guys, how are you? It's Pastor Kimberly Jones, what's going on today? It's Thursday, Thursday, what's the date today? Thursday, June, is it June 8th? Yes, Thursday, June, I mean Thursday, June 7th, Thursday, June 7th, and um, it's a wonderful day. So, come in. I want to do a really quick version of the DDZ. If there is such a thing as a quick version of the DDZ, I want to try and do that today, okay? Because I have a meeting coming up. But come on in this morning. So glad to see you popping in. Um, I got a message. We have been talking about double-mindedness this week, and so I really got a quick message for you, okay? And I want you to listen, and I want you to listen really closely. And I want you to listen really fast, okay? Listen really fast because I'm going to talk really fast. (laughs) So glad that you guys are here. I'm Kimberly Jones. I am um, a daughter of the Most High God. I'm a woman of faith. I am a Jesus girl, okay? And I'm so glad that you are here. In addition to loving the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, everything that's within me, I am also... I co-pastor at Prevailing Love Worship Center in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where I co-pastor with the amazingly handsome Apostle Louis D. Jones Jr., and I also am the CEO and founder of Living on Purpose Life and Empowerment Coaching. So, welcome into the DDZ. Hey, Mika. Hey, Veronica. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Sonia. Good morning, Charlene. So glad that you're here. So listen, if you're here for the first time, God bless you. Welcome into the DDZ, which is the Daily Declaration Zone. Welcome into our tribe, welcome into our community, welcome into our family. If you want to be a permanent part of this particular amazing family, please go to the Daily Declaration Zone group and join our tribe. Who are we? We are a group of of, of Bible believing. People, we believe the word of God, um, we love God, we love Jesus, we have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, and so if those things attract you, then you're in the right place. You're with the right people doing the right thing. So, thank you for being here. Good morning, Patria. How you doing, sweetie? Hey, Netta, glad you're here. So, we've been talking about double-mindedness this week. Netta, your 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 broadcast on yesterday was amazing. Patria, I saw yours. You guys accepted the, the challenge and continued the conversation that we started on yesterday. And I'm so glad that you did that. Good morning, Jules. How are you? And so, listen. Listen to this. So, we've been talking about double-mindedness, and double-mindedness is when we have two minds. We know that in the book of James, that first chapter, right around that eighth eighth verse, it talks about how a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, okay? And that he can expect to receive nothing from the Lord. That's why we're coming for double-mindedness this week. Because we've been decreeing and declaring that we're under an open heaven. And being under an open heaven means that there's going to be a supernatural release of the blessings of God. And when the blessings of God are released, we don't want to be in a state of double-mindedness that results in us missing out on what God has intended for us. And so that's how that's all connected. Good morning, Mo. Good morning, Keisha. Good morning, Sasha. How are you? So glad you guys are here please invite your friends into this very quick version of the DDZ, okay? And so you guys see how all of that's tied in together? We have to attack double-mindedness because double-mindedness will cause us to lose out on the blessings that God has intended for all of our lives. And I don't want to do that. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. And so what we have to do, what we have to do is we have to attack this thing of double-mindedness and we got to we gotta snatch it up at the root okay we gotta snatch it up at the root because you know what um if we don't what's going to continue to happen is that double-mindedness is going to continue to resurface in our lives when we don't pull it up at the root what we do is we leave Good morning d i love you sis we leave room for the enemy to reintroduce double-mindedness rejection and rebellion into our lives and so we understand that where there is double-mindedness there is probably, most likely, probably 99.9% probability that there is some rejection, some rebellion, and some bitterness that's lurking in the neighborhood. And so we're going after all of that. As we attack double-mindedness, we're asking God to open us up so that we're able to really see ourselves and know what is operating on the inside of us. And so we're not afraid to look at ourselves. We're not afraid to ask God to show me, me. Somebody type that, God show me, me. Because it will cause us to lose out on what God has ordained for our lives. Now, there are many of you who have great callings on your life. You know that you heard the word of God. You know God called you even before you were formed in your mother's womb. You know that you have been handpicked and selected by the most high god however however you have some issues here and uh, here and again where you are trying to really uh decide what you're going to believe even in the midst of knowing that god has called you god has selected you god has handpicked you so listen you don't have to raise your hand but i know you're watching i know that there are some leaders out there i know that there are some people in positions of authority that you are really vacillating and you are halting between two opinions and you don't want to tell nobody. You don't want to tell nobody because you'll be embarrassed. You don't want to tell anyone because you think people are going to assume that you are not as anointed as you know that you are. But can I tell you that when we are very honest with ourselves and very authentic about where we are, we put ourselves in a position to be delivered. And that is the word of the day. Somebody type delivered, deliverance, or however you want to type it. That is the word of the day. That we're not just talking about double mindedness, rejection, rebel, rebellion, and bitterness because it's a good topic. We're talking about it because we want it cut, killed, annihilated at the root. So we will not miss out on what it is that God is releasing in this season. As, as sure as I am a woman of God, as sure as I have a prophetic word. In my mouth, I'm telling you, this is the season where God is releasing miracle signs and wonders. We are operating under an open heaven. And you can mess around here and allow double-mindedness and allow your rebellion and allow your inability to be truthful about where you are and who you are to result in you missing out on the blessings of God. But I'm not doing that. And so deliverance and being delivered is the word of the day. It's the cry of the moment. Somebody cry out right where you are, God deliver me from double-mindedness. God deliver me from rejection. God re- deliver me from rebellion. God deliver me from being bitter. The Bible says that that, that we have to be careful about bitterness because bitterness defiles means that it corrupts you. Bitterness corrupts you. Uh, Bitterness puts you in a place where you are very judgmental. Bitterness will have you stand on the outside looking in because of what somebody did to you or because of what somebody did not do for you or what somebody did not give you, but I'm telling you here, right here, right now, that everything that God has intended for your life, you got to catch a hold of the realization that there is no devil in hell, there is no man or woman that walks the face of the earth that is able to keep you from what God has ordained for you. I don't care how much they have said about you. I don't care how much they have lied on you. I don't care how much they have cast you aside. There is no man, no woman, no boy, no girl, no devil in hell that's able to keep you from the promises of God. The only one that's going to keep you from the promises of God is the person that you see when you look in the mirror every morning. That same person that you see when you're getting it all together on the outside. When you're looking in that mirror, you need to ask God to show you what's beneath the surface. What's beneath the surface? surface. What lies beneath? Come on. Somebody type it. Somebody ask God what lies beneath? Every day, you got to ask God, what lies beneath? Because sometimes we get so infatuated with ourselves. We get so impressed with where we are. We get so excited about the fact that we're we're not where we used to be when God is saying, listen, don't let your guards down because the enemy is always going about like a roaring lion seeking who he might devour and so don't you let your guards down don't you allow double-mindedness rejection rebellion and bitterness to keep you from the promises of God so let me give you a quick example of somebody in the Bible who lost everything that he was lined up for that he was slated for because he allowed double-mindedness to enter in and to ruin the promise that was upon his life. If you go to the book of 1st Samuel and you go to the 16th chapter, uh, if you go to the 15th, no, you go to the 15th chapter of 1st Samuel, you will find the story of Saul. Let me give you a little bit of background on what's going on in 1st Samuel, the 15th chapter. Well, Saul has been selected to be king, and he is given a directive from Samuel. He's given a a directive. It's the first thing that I see in the Bible. It's the first assignment that he was given as king. After he was anointed by Samuel, here you go. Saul is getting direction as to what he, he is to do next. Now, Samuel, after getting the word from God, tells Saul. He said, listen, you got to go and you got to fight the Amalekites. And when you fight the Amalekites, listen, God has already won it over for you. But you got to go in there and you got to destroy everything. You got to kill it, okay? Somebody type kill it. You got to destroy everything. You got to go in there. You know, the Amalekites, they haven't been kind to the children of Israel. They have, you know, they've just been a a, 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 a very, very, very a, a, a oppositional group of people when it comes to the children of Israel. And listen, what we have to get to the point of, and, and, and Saul didn't have it, is that the thing that God hates, we got to hate it. The thing that God rejects, we got to reject The thing that God kills, we got to kill. Are you listening to me? You got to kill it. And so if God has said kill it, you got to kill it. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how wonderful it looks. I don't care how long you've been connected to it. I don't care what it looks like from your perspective. If God doesn't want it alive, then you got to kill it. You You cannot come up with a solution on your own that says, Well, maybe I'll kill some of it. Or maybe I'll kill a couple of of those things that God has indicated. Or maybe I'll just save what looks good. Or or maybe I'll use my own intellect and my own will and my own decision-making ability and decide what should stay and what should go. But God told Samuel to tell Saul to kill everything. Everything that was walking needed to die. Well, here comes Saul, and Saul comes upon the Amalekites, and he begins to war against the Amalekites, and he's doing really good, but he gets to the king, King Agag, which is the king of the Amalekites, and he looks at the king, and he decides, you know what? I'm not going to kill the king, and then he looks at some of the some of the livestock, and, and he looks at the livestock that looks really good, and he says, you know what? I'm not going to kill that which looks good to me. He kills everything that looks to be refused. He kills everything that looks to be um, negative. He kills everything that looks like it needs to die. Oh my God, did you hear that? Saul kills what looks like needs to die. Not what God has said is supposed to die. He looks at it and he says, well, I'm gonna pick and choose. I know what God said, but I'm gonna allow this to live because it looks like it should live. How many of you that are watching? How many of us that are part of the of the body of Christ? That when God tells us to end something, to kill something, or to lose something, to let something go, that we begin to look at it through natural eyes. We begin to look at it and we decide, no, I'm going to hold on to this. I don't care what God says. God must have made a mistake. He must didn't see how fine he was. He must didn't see how pretty she was. He must didn't see how much money I was making doing this. He must then see how many years I've lived by myself. He must have not seen the fact that, you know, I, I, I love everything about where I am right now. He could not have possibly meant for me to kill this thing that looks good. And so what we begin to do is we operate in double-mindedness. We want to serve God when aligns with what feels good to us. That's double-mindedness. We want to serve God when what we are doing uh, doesn't require us to sacrifice. That's double-mindedness. We want to continue in the way that we are going. But the minute that God requires us to kill something that we want to hold on to because it looks good, then we begin to operate in this place of double-mindedness. Are y'all listening to me? All y'all listening to me this morning saul and the people listen it was saul and the people who spared agag so what is that saying that's saying that there are some associations that you have that are not conducive to your fulfilling the complete will of god and word of god that has come to you there are some people that are not going to understand why you have to kill king agag there's some people that are going to walk up to you and say wait a minute do you mean to tell me you get ready to let this go don't you see how good this Don't you understand how this is benefiting your life? Do you mean to tell me that you think God will require this of you? I have heard it said where people have really, really uh, handicapped other believers by telling them it don't take all of that. Can I tell you, sir? Can I tell you, ma'am, that there are certain seasons in your life? There are certain periods in your life where it is going to take all all of that and then some somebody type and then some it's gonna require you to kill the king it's going to co- require you to kill the cows it's going to require you to kill the fatlings it's going to ca- uh, uh, require you to kill the sheep It's going to require you to kill the oxen. It's going to require you to kill all that stuff because that is what God said. And if God says, kill it, we don't need to, we don't need to check with anybody else. We don't need to get approval from anybody else. We just need to do what God says. When you are in a season where you're operating under an open heaven, you do not have room to compromise. You don't have room to Yeah. told you to get rid of that jealousy, that envy, uh, that bitterness, come on, that spirit of rejection. He told you to kill it. And there is no instance where it's gonna be okay for you to hold on to a little bit of it. I'm gonna hold on to a little bit of it because I need to protect myself. I'm gonna do it this way because God don't understand what they are doing to me. God is able to take care of them. God is able to take care of you. Anytime God tells you to kill something, it's it's for the reason, it's for a reason that's associated with your living. Anytime God tells you to kill something, it's because he wants you to live at another level. And Saul did not understand that. Let me tell you what happened as a result of his disobedience. As a result of his disobedience, the word of the Lord came to Samuel and he said to Samuel, it repented me that I have set up Saul to be king. That's exactly what the word says in First Samuel fifteen, the eleventh verse, it repented me. I'm sure uh, it was it was great for Saul to be able to say, listen, I have the king of Agag here. I've already killed everything associated with Agag. I've killed all the Amalekites. And this is the proof right here that I've done it because I got the head of the king. I got the king right here. And some of us are holding onto stuff because we want to be able to have bragging rights about where we are. We want to be able to show people that we are who it is that God says that we are. Are. And instead of killing it, we want to let a little bit of it live because then it gives us bragging rights. But let me tell you what happened to Saul in and Saul's, in Saul's decision to do that after God has set him up. My goodness, he turned his back from following me, says the Lord, and have not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried all night unto the Lord. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning... It was told Samuel, saying, "'Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and has gone about, and has passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, "'Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord.'" are you listening to me? Do you see what Saul said? He know good and well that he had not performed the commandment of the Lord. He knew good and well that God told him to kill everything. And so here he stands lying to Samuel, telling Samuel, I done done everything that God told me to do. Samuel already knew he was lying. God already knew he was lying. How many times do we stand up in the presence of God and we say, God, I done done everything you told me to do. God, I done done everything. And I, and I cry crossed all my T's and I dotted all my I's and God, I prayed and I fasted, but yet and still you have not forgiven your brother or sister that stands right next to you. Or you have not given what God has told you to give in the way of your finances. You know good and well that you're not tithing and you're not pouring into the body of Christ like you're supposed to. You're not evangelizing. You're not doing any of this stuff. You're doing everything that feels good to you. You're doing everything that you want to do but you're not doing everything that God has called you to do. And you stand in the presence of God and you say, God, I've done it all. God, I've been obedient. God, I've made the sacrifice. And Saul stood in front of Samuel and told that lie, talking about I have done and performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Are you listening to me? what God has called you to do. You're not where you're supposed to be. You're not doing all that God has called you to do. You're doing what feels comfortable. And there is proof in the pudding. I can hear the sheep. I can hear the oxen. That's what Samuel told Saul. He says, you didn't do what God called you to do. And so there are some things in your life. You're wondering why things are like they are because you didn't kill it. You're wondering why you're not where you're supposed to be because you didn't kill it. You wonder why your household is still messed up like it is cuz you didn't kill it. You wonder why you've not advanced in ministry or business because you didn't kill it and you're sitting, and you're lying to yourself, and you're lying to people around you, talking about, I killed it, I did everything that God called me to do, no you didn't, because you're sneaking around, and you're doing things in the dark, and you think nobody sees it, but God sees everything that you do, your heart isn't right, your heart is hard, and you're standing in the presence of God, talking about your are worshiping the Lord, the sheep are bleeding, and the oxen are making noise in the background, and every time you get up, it's evident, every time you open your mouth, I'm telling you, here. And so, and so Saul says, once Samuel calls him on the carpet, once Samuel calls him on the carpet, he says, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Oh, so now it's there now it's the other people oh they have spared they have spared the oxen and the people spared the sheep and the people did it now all of a sudden it's not your responsibility this is something that i tell leaders all the time you can delegate a task but you cannot delegate responsibility. When God has told you to do a thing, you can try to put it off on somebody else. I don't care how much you try to put it off on somebody else. God told you to do it. And so Saul is the one that got the word, but now here I am. I'm going to shift right, Trina? And I'm going to say, the people saved it. The people did it. No. God don't want to hear your excuse about what people did. And God, as a matter of fact, He's tired of hearing what people did. Oh, they did this to me. And they talked about me. And they looked at me. And they wouldn't go here with me. And they didn't acknowledge me. God don't want to hear about the people. He want to hear about what you are doing and how you have aligned yourself with what God has called you to do in this hour. It's not about they. It's about you. It's not about they, it's about thou. How about that? The last thing, and then I got to shut this down because I got a meeting. He said to him, he said to him, Samuel said to Saul, stay. And I will tell you what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said to him, Say on. And Samuel said, when thou was little in thy own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. When you were little in your own sight, when 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 you were in that place and you were asking God, God give me the anointing. God, 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 uh, give me the platform. God, God, give me give me the connections. God give me the, the strategies. Give me the wisdom so that I can do this thing. When you were little in your own eyes, he said, When you were little, when you were little in your own sight, was not thou made head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. And so he went on, and he had that conversation. And Saul said unto Samuel, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought the Agag, the king of the, Am- Am- the Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He said, listen, he uh, he's still trying to come up with excuses. So I'm talking about, yeah, I've gone and I've done what God told me to do, but here is Agag. When you ain't done what God told you to do. If you ain't killed at all, you ain't done what God told you to do. Still trying to make excuses. Still waiting around in, the, in, the, in denial. Come on. You need to get out of that river. you in the river of denial. If King Agag is still living, then you have not done what God has called you to do. If there is still evidence, if the sheep are bleeding in the background, then that's evidence that you have not done what God has called you to do. And he's still trying to make excuses. And he said, but the people, again, standing on the people, complaining about the people. He said, the people took the spoil. And Samuel said to him, he said, hath the Lord as as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams, for rebellion. And this is where I'm going to close it out right now, because some of y'all say, "Oh, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't operate in witchcraft. That's not me. I don't. No, no, no. That's that. Y'all looking for somebody with a hat on, um, on a broom with a black uh, cape on? He said right here, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord." He has also rejected thee from being king. Are y'all listening to me right here? He said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Let me tell you, there are some churches all over this world right now that's full of people who are operating in witchcraft. If you have been told to do a thing and you're not doing it, it's rebellion. And the word says, I ain't calling you no witch. The word says it's as... Come on. It's as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness. Stubbornness. Are you listening to me? Stubbornness. I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to save the king. I'm going to save Agad because he looks good. Why Why am I wasting this and this? Why am I wasting these sheep? They look good. Why, why do I have to kill them? It's witchcraft. It's rebellion and it's witchcraft. And I didn't say it. It's in the word of God. And it also says that it is iniquity and idolatry. level of sin. It's something that's deep rooted. It's something that has passed along generations iniquity, iniquity. And you got to break that sin of iniquity and break that to live in your life doesn't mean that you need to let it live because God gives us free will and he gives us the ability to make choices but this double-mindedness got to go because your double-mindedness and your inability to kill it is killing you because what happened to Saul is that the kingdom was rent from his hands that day it was rent he he was he was stripped of his title and he was stripped of his kingship because he was double-minded and he wanted to do things his way so, this is just a really quick message because I know that I got to go down here and, and start this meeting. But I had to get on because we've been talking about double-mindedness this week. And this thing fell on me this morning that, you know, we think that, 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 that double-mindedness is just, a, is just something that we can take lightly. But double-mindedness will lead you to rebellion. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It's idolatry and it's iniquity. And some of you over and over and over again are doing the same thing over and over again. You think it's cute. You think that you can just do what you want to do. You think that you ain't got to an answer to anybody. But God is going to rent that thing from your hands. And this is the word of the Lord. That if you don't get yourself together. That that thing that, you, that you've been having bragging rights about. That thing that you're so excited about. That if you don't align yourself. And if you don't kill everything that he's calling you to kill. That God is going to take that thing out of your hands. And you're going to find yourself operate in a position with no anointing because Saul was allowed to stay in that position, but the anointing had lifted off of him. And many of us, I'm telling you, it's a sad discourse when we are standing in a place that we are still carrying out responsibilities, but we don't have no anointing because God has already taken it from us. And so we have to be careful. We got to be careful that when God tells us to do a thing, that we got to do it to completion. We got to do it his way. Because to obey is better than sacrifice. I love y'all. Listen, I got to run. But if you just came on, go back, watch the broadcast, do me a favor, share this out. Because some people need to know, I know y'all don't like this kind of word. Y'all want to hear, you're going to get the house and the car. You're going to get the husband and the wife and all of that. But that's coming because we're under an open heaven. But what I'm trying to help y'all with is that when the heaven open and those things begin to be released, you don't miss it. Because you're operating in rebellion and witchcraft and idolatry. I'm just trying to help somebody. And so, don't, listen, I'm, I'm just the messenger. The message comes from the word. You don't believe it, go to First Samuel 15. Everything that I said is there. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And I love you. Wow. I know this session of Living on Purpose Radio has completely blessed your socks off. Please continue to join me on this podcast as I bring you relevant content that will cause you to live on purpose and make every day count. I really wanna hear from you, so leave audio comments so I can add them to my channel or even better, call into the podcast using the Anchor app. I wanna hear what you have to say. Listen, today is a day you've never seen before and one that you'll never see again. So remember, do something today that your future self Well, thank you for.